Are, are you being serious? Do you actually yeah, yeah. not read anything at all? No, I don't read anything. You're, you're as bad as Matt DeFreitas. <laughs> hey, folks, what are we drinking tonight? So I'm drinking a town and country blonde ale. I'm not entirely sure what that means Kerry says about you this week, Craig. Um, as, we've, as we've ascertained that uh, Kerry buys the beers and they are in each week uh, judging your performance on the week. So I don't know, but... Uh... Carries a blonde. <laughs> James, how about you? Um, I have a bottle of um, Chianti, which is apparently a vintage from 2019. Is it also a vintage from Aldi? <laughs> of course it is. Excellent. <laughs> and Becca, how about you? Honestly, I could just lie, and no one besides you three would actually be sick, but why bother? Apparently, one of the side effects of turning 30 is the inability to race well at 9am on a Saturday after drinking, so I have tea. What what brand of tea, though? It is Yorkshire tea. Excellent. Well done. <laughs> Proud of you. Uh, so, James, alluding to our future and both our past there as we, as we surf the waves of time, um, later on we will be talking to someone who was also drinking Yorkshire tea, but mainly organises loads of fantastic team um, collaborations in the herd. Um, talk to Claire later, who's going to talk about the cool stuff she does, um, organising the women's teams in ZRL and the TTTs, uh, and basically why it's cool to ride in the herd. Um, so, James Bailey, what fresh hell awaits us this week? I think actually, Steve, you'd be um, very pleasantly surprised to, to find that I've actually been really nice to everyone this week. Probably the easiest race of the series. Um, this weekend on Herd Summer Racing League, we have a single lap of the Watopia Figure Eight course. Our riders will take on Helicom forwards and reverse, as well as the Watopia Sprint forwards and reverse. The lap is pretty much bang on 30 kilometers, and there's only 255 meters of climbing. I mean, I, I, I can only assume that your finger slipped when you were entering the number of laps uh, that you wanted for this ride, uh, and you, missed, you you hit return before you hit zero or something silly like this, because this is this is far too nice, James, for us. I, I, I did actually consider two laps, um, but I, I looked at what was to come, and I thought, actually, I'll be nice. So, right, let's go through the course and tell you why it isn't as nice as you think it might be. So downtown Whiteopia, uh, and you all know why I'm going to say I don't like this course in advance, but <laughs> uh, downtown Whiteopia, out through the ocean bits, uh, actually quite a nice warm-up before the first climb. So it's about 7Ks, 8Ks, isn't it, before the first climb. Uh, you climb out of the, the ocean tunnel, so there's there's that little punchy climb, isn't there, I think, that which is where... I, most people do Swift. They know it goes a bit harder there, so I don't really think it's a climb. And then we hit Hilly Reverse, Swift Com Reverse, my least favourite climb in the entire game. Talk us through Swift Com Reverse, James. Um, I have to admit, actually, Steve, um, I, I used to actually quite like this hill because you get over the nasty bit and then it's like undulating for a rest with a little rise at the end. But I think in recent times, I've realised I'm just really, really bad at it. Um, realistically, you probably want to be doing, Becca, correct me if I'm wrong, but probably 200% FTP over the start. Um, or, or rather, you, you start you start the climb, it's probably 5 6%, and then um, as you get to the bend, it hits sort of 10-ish, um, and you probably want to be doing 200% there. I try to, 
And I generally get to about 175, then my knees just go, what the hell are you trying to do to me? <laughs> and then I slow down a little bit. Um, so I'm kind of with you, but it's not very much fun. But um, yeah, so, so basically um, you go for the, comp via the start of the comp line. Um, it's five or 6% for a little bit. You hit, you've got a double corner, probably averaging around about 10%. And then you pretty much have undulations um, until the line. Um yeah, I mean, it sounds really easy. It's two and a half kilometers long. It's 1.8%. That's really easy. It's a, it's a gradual, it's a gentle incline. I, it's not It's not a hard hill, this, is it? Uh, yeah, every time I do it, I can keep up on the first bit and then you go over the kind of bridgey bit before the rollers up to line. It just goes on forever. I, most people are holding above FTP. So you go really hard and I, I'm with people and then everyone else holds above FTP to the, for the rest of the com. Uh, and my legs go, nah, mate, you've done, you've done the hill bit. It's flat now. Everyone to chill out and just Bowser at the back. And yeah, I mean, um, I'll, I'll defer to Becca in a second, but I think realistically what you're looking to do is probably 150, 150% FTP for the very start, 200 plus for the two nasty corners and then probably 125 for the rest. Becca, does that sound about right? never done this actually at race pace like i think the fastest i've done it is in tgt so i've no idea i'm just gonna hang on to the front and i'm amazed you folks can look at your ftp and watts at the same time i mean it's basically close eyes open eyes am i in the pack yes close eyes open eyes am i in the pack oh bugger not again um so (laughs) this is this is the this is the segment that i absolutely adore other than the fact that Cy Seymour managed to beat me at my own game in a race on this. But the uh, if you're confident enough to kind of extreme tail gun uh, the pack on this and actually be off the back for the start and sprint back to the group, then sprint up the hill and then draft the people that are otherwise the leaders, you get a really, really good segment time. This sounds like an absolutely terrible idea. It's a horrible idea. (laughs) So so, so basically what you're saying is um, drop off the lead group a little bit, sprint the first bit, and then just absolutely hammer the double corners of hell, and then just draft the rest of it, and you'll be fine. Absolutely. Draft the rest at, yeah, above FTP. I'm, I'm actually going to go with Craig here, and I think there is a tactic in that in, in, in a lot of the primes, it's better, you're better off being a bit further up, especially on the hills. But I think on this one, the, because all of the climbing is right at the start, you could start at the back of the bunch, so a few seconds behind the front. You can absolutely hammer the really steep bit, and then there are going to be people like me that have gone too hard, can't keep up with the front, that you can draft through the bunch to the front of the bunch, and you'll have you'll have effectively done you can get if you can get back to the front of the bunch, you'll have gained those two, three, four seconds. And you are you are gaming the system, you are playing the game, however you want to describe it, but you've you will do a faster prime time than the person who just sits at the front of the bunch doing what they can. So I think if you're strong enough to do that, it's it's a great strategy. I am not. I would be at the back of the bunch and get dropped at the back of the bunch. So I'm going to try and be at the front of the bunch and desperately hang on um, <laughs> through the rollers as I get dropped there. I think think realistically, Steve, the only reason that you like this plan is so that you could try and do it and then say panache afterwards. <laughs> no, panache, panache would be um, attacking uh, 
there's a little climb before this and then a descent as you come up to the bridge. So obviously get a lead. So people gap people before the climb um, and then attack up the climb and get a passed on the climb, basically. Uh, ultimate panache, you have to be past 10 metres from the end of the finish line uh, as you get cramped. Uh, well <laughs> um, so anyway, Swiftcom reverse, you come down that, um, opportunity for a bit of super tuck on that descent, which is always nice. Um, rest, rest, rest. Um, there isn't really any climbing. You then go around the corner to the um, to the Watopia sprint reverse. Um, it's a sprint. It's quite. It's a fairly standard length sprint, isn't it? It's two hundred meters. I think this one. Um, get out. Get out your pad. Stay in the draft. Get out your saddle and pedal. Um, there's not much to it, really, is there? It's 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 definitely a maximum effort of a 10 to 15 second sprint. So basically everything you possibly can until you hit the until you hit the finish line. However, having said that, um, you have to go over the S's first. Um so yep, so you've got the S's, uh, the last of which peaks at about six percent. Um, so that might take it out of your legs a little bit. Um, basically, as you're going down the last of the, um, well, as you go down that 6% rise, um, you're wanting to get yourself in a gear where you can absolutely give it everything for 10 seconds. Oh, as a sprint, I screwed up in that race you put on an HBR, isn't it? <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, this, is, this, is, this sprint it was the finish line for... Uh... Seaside sprint, yes. Yeah. Great. But you know it better now, so you know what to do. So we do that sprint. Then we hit, is it Italian villas where there are some cobbles? Um, usual thing with cobbles, you have to wipe your bots a little bit to stay in the group. Um, and then back through Ocean, Ocean Boulevard, is it? Anyway, Ocean Tunnel bit where you see some sharks um, and maybe a stingray um and then you come out of that and it, it, you come up and round to the left to get to the the com this time so you, you're not coming from the the sprint the, the normal sort of start pen sprint direction anyway up to the forward com usual thing with that the climbing starts a bit before the com line so you do that little climb around the bend as you hit the bridge and then it flattens out on the bridge um and you hit the com line I'm good. I, I love this climb. It's my favourite climb. We've gone from my most hated climb in all of Swift to one of my favourite climbs in Swift. I really love it. You basically stay with the pen, go really, really hard on the first hairpin up to that second hairpin and then hold FTP to the line. Um, it's a roughly two-minute climb for a C slash crap B rider. Um, the only thing I would say is that I, I agree with Craig's tactic here. It's one where if you're at the back of the bunch on the bridge can be quite a good place to be because then you can draft people up to the line in a similar way. Um, however, it it's one I've been caught out on in a non-motivated group. So there's a lot of time gained by a motivated group that goes across the bridge quickly and does that first bit of climb quickly that you start the climb a bit quicker. Um, and it seems like there's time to be gained there. So, yeah, don't just wait for the comm line, I think would be my only tip on this one. Uh, and obviously so, drop a feather on the hairpin and attack James Bailey. As we know so so my, my, my tactic would be very different to yours. I'd be looking to hold probably 160 to 175% of FTP for the whole thing. Um, yes, the first hairpin is harder, but I definitely wouldn't be dropping down to FTP for the flatter parts. I would want to be wanting to 
maximize power as much as possible and basically look at it as a two minute effort what's the highest wattage i can hold for two minutes and just try and hold that the whole way around yeah i think i'm, I'm probably being too conservative ftp is about what i can hold because i go too hard but i think i do think you want to go harder on the first two hairpins than you do on the flatter bit if you want to do your fastest time because there's as we said before there's more to be gained for putting more effort on the steeper bit than there is on the slightly flatter bit so i i, I know we've talked in the past about kind of is it a time trial versus i so i i would say it's probably in, in your maths james for me what 180 let's pull some random numbers percent of ftp for the first bit and then maybe 160 percent of ftp for the second bit so you're, you're looking to be above ftp but probably looking to spend or burn slightly few more matches on the first bit than you are on the second yeah no i think that makes sense i mean um i i i, I talk about what I think I can hold for two minutes. Becky, you're probably closer to one minute 30. Um, how, how would you attack this hill? I've done 150 something, but doing a bit of swift power stalking from the rest of the A's, there's definitely people there with 130 for the first climb. So um, yeah, I've got any hope to hang on tomorrow. It's not going to be 170% of FTP. It's going to be 300%. <laughs> It's just silly that. I just that sounds like a silly idea. Um, so uh, we've hit the we've hit the com. Uh, we go over the top. Actually, this it's a bit of a tricky kind of top. This isn't it because you've got a, uh, the the previous uh, the reverse has a nice descent. Basically, is super tuck. You ain't getting dropped. There's no shenanigans going on. This has some little ups and downs. Um, so there's a little climb just after the comm line, then there's a down and up again on, on that point before you hit the, the the big down. This is so descriptive for a podcast. Um, but there are a few little lumps where if you are not paying attention, taking a drink, um, those kind of things, you can get dropped from a bunch. Um, alternatively, I, I use this to great effect. So on the descent, you come to, you descend a little bit and then you go up and then you go down into the bit where you can super tuck. And if you absolutely gun it, so I was about 10 seconds off a group um, coming down this descent once, I basically sprinted the 10 seconds of that little rise before the, um, the bit where you could super tuck and I made it to the group because you can, it, just for putting that effort on the bit where the road goes up whereas people are kind of coasting it, it feels like it should all be downhill so th there are opportunities just to kind of make yourself back to a group or maybe if you're in a, in a in a small group and you want to attack you can try it there that would also be panache um yeah, so you don't really descend until you do the double corner of doom going the other way around um and like like, like you say it is fairly undulating and um, yeah there, there's a little descent just after you cross the comm line but um realistically you're not really descending until that double corner um so th there is an opportunity to hit the double corner at maximum pace to potentially catch a group in front um so we come down that bit and then you do a few small rollers past the world's noisiest waterfall um I believe, and then uh, it's into the S's again, isn't it? And I'm, I'm no good at these. Uh, this is you where Panache the, failed you me. the prime, Steve. Yeah. Oh, is, that before, is, it, is the sprint before the S's? It is. It is. This is what happens when you just look at a profile five minutes before the podcast. So, the sprint yeah, is, world's noisiest waterfall, then it's the sprint, isn't it? It's 360 metres. So this is a... 
it's not quite as long as the desert sprint. So we're not looking at a kind of 40 to 50 second sprint for, for your average BC rider. It's more in that kind of 25 to 30 second effort, I'm guessing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I tend to do, well, what I tried to do today was do the first half at 80% sprint and then the second half at 100, just because I know I, I, I can't hold full out sprint for mm call it 25 seconds I, I i don't know exactly what my time was today but um i think it's probably around 25 um so I, I basically built into it um with probably the last 10 seconds at full tilt so th- this is one and i'm not a sprinter i'll caveat that but this is one where i found being clever in the group but gets you a lot of seconds so you want to be 10th wheel if you're in a group of 10 you probably want to be about seventh wheel because there'll be two people that just don't get that it's a sprint and they need to do things you don't want to be first wheel and leading this out i actually think you've got to be quite clever about when you use a power up so i almost with this one try and count to 10 in my head and then use my power up because i think there's more value in it at the latter end so i think i can draft people for those first five ten seconds then i'm hitting the power up button and those next 15 seconds to the line are where I'm getting most benefit from power-up. This way, you tell me I'm using power-ups wrong, though. Well, no, actually, I, I think it depends entirely on what power-up you have. Um, I, I think if you have a feather, you deploy that as you start sprinting to maximise your acceleration, um, whereas if you have an arrow, I think you want to use that when you hit your maximum speed. Um Although on, on this sprint, you're probably not hitting max speed until you're pretty close to the actual banner. So I, I, I'd say probably use the arrow once you're, in the example I gave earlier, do the first half 80%, second half 100 probably want to use the arrow when you're doing 100%. Yeah, I feel this, this is a sprint where you really want, you need that arrow helmet to finish the second you cross the line. Right. Yeah, and, and not before. Yeah, you want it. That, that's the timing. I think if you're using it, the risk. The, what I'm trying to say is the risk is people. Uh, I see people use the aero helmet as soon as they cross the the sprint line, and actually my eighty percent sprint, I'm probably holding their wheel, um, or I'm lifting it a little bit to hold their wheel. So what you're doing is, if you hit your aero helmet, then is you might be giving the rider behind you a really really good lead out. And you're going to have 10 seconds without an aero helmet where you're going to have to try quite hard. Whereas if I wait a little bit longer and use my aero helmet at the right time, I gain from that lead out from the riders in front of me. And then I get my aero helmet right to the line. I don't give other people an advantage. Maybe I give myself more of an advantage. But I'm terrible at sprinting. So who knows? I I I always hit mine before the start because if I attempt to hit hit a power up while I'm sprinting, I... It, it just messes everything up. I, it, I just go. Once I start, I'm, I'm, I'm going. And but you put it, your hands on the drops and you put your head down and you go. There is no pressing power up buttons at any point exactly, during any yeah. of the sprinting. It's done beforehand, and that is it. <laughs> I'm 100% with you, Becca. I, this I think, this is think... where genuinely, I know we've said this maybe in this podcast and maybe just to each other in the past. This is where genuinely, if Swift did um, handlebars not handlebars, brake levers, that had buttons on them, I would buy them because <laughs> that would be really, really useful. But no, we're getting rowing, so there we go. I, th- I think realistically my um, reasoning for 
the how how you how you, you would use your power ups comes down to the fact that out of a possible five power ups, I had one feather and four XPs today, which is really helpful. Well, this, this, you you are the man that got so excited the first time you got a ghost that you got dropped, though, James. So <laughs> maybe not having power ups is a good thing for you. Um, so anyway, then it's the S's. Um, basically, you've got to keep power up. We talked about this last week with rollers, didn't we? It, it's a case of not last week, uh, the week before that with rollers, that it's a case of just knowing your trainer lag, making sure that you've upped your power before you hit the kind of slightly uphilly bit. A bit like, actually, I did an in-real-life ride. So it's, I'd forgotten this was an in-real-life thing you have to do. Like when you see a slightly more uphilly bit coming, having your cadence a bit higher and going a bit faster makes you go a bit quicker up that uphilly bit. Who knew? Who knew? I genuinely didn't the first lap. Um, uh, so yeah, through the S's, it's all about getting your power right, sort of modulating your power, whatever you want to describe it going through there. And then you've got, is it, is it the slightly downhill finish towards Wartopia, this one? Mm-hmm. Um, not about, Wartopia, um, downtown. 800 metres to go, you have probably four and a half, sorry, uh, 450 metres of descending. Um, and then very shortly afterwards, you'll see the 300 meters, uh, sorry, 300 meter sign to go. So it's going to be fast. That's what I'm hearing from that. If it's a bit downhill, it's a fast finish. Like stay yeah. in a pack, go as late as you can, probably on this. Like, try and try and draft people and go really, really late. But uh, it's about the only thing I'd advise. But I don't remember on, that you, ever you, happening you. on a, on this finish, Steve. I just go as early as possible. It's all about attack. I'm going to draw. You know what's going to happen? One kilometer to go. I'm going. I'm attacking out of the S's. I, let, let's be honest. Um, That's, that wasn't a kilometer to go. That 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 was two two and a half to go. And and I believe that was your last race in Cat C. It was, yeah. Um, no, Zwiftcom is one of my favourites. Like, actually, the the one of my favourite places to attack in races is the top of the Zwiftcom um, because I think people, like we said, there's those tricky little dips and and uh troughs uh, peaks and troughs that people don't quite get right and there's opportunities to attack there so it's one of my favorite places for panache um bike choice obviously pinktron uh second best bike choice i actually um genuinely think the tron, tron. Is... yeah you're right um <laughs> third bike choice james <laughs> sorry green tron <laughs> um, um, seriously speaking though actually I, I think the Tron I mean we, we, we talk about the pink Tron being amazing because obviously it is and it is the fastest bike in the entire world ever um, because of science but because of science but I think that the Tron is actually the fastest bike on this course if you haven't got the Tron yet um, cry cry yourself to sleep like, I just like, I always used to go with the Ribble it was a good all round bike Le- level 7 um, the Ribble bike was quite a good all rounder um, the Canyon Air Road is probably okay I, it's, I, it's, I'd say the, the, yeah yeah, I, I, yeah yeah um, I'm not it's not one of those courses where I'm saying if you don't have the Tron pick your best climbing bike or your best flat bike put it that way I think if you've got a good all round bike like the Ribble at level seven, you, you, there's there's no real advantage to be gained from anything else, is there? And that's why the Tron is probably the, the Tron is the best all round bike, isn't it? So that's probably why the Tron is the best bike for this. It's it, it's not a course that really suits a, a an amazing climbing bike or an amazing flat bike. So, um, what else do we normally talk about? Uh, it's been a very long week. I'm very tired. Um, 
so we've done bike choice um obviously we're not doing a bike change on this course because that's bonkers um shall i talk any... about what's to come uh yeah well let's actually i'm gonna i'm gonna segue to um just a quick promo for get on discord on this one it's a really good um and also we know that we're doing 10 laps of hilly um so hilly the, the zwift com is on hilly um, so we'll get lots of it's it's, it's an early sighter of that course but no get on discord on this i think it's a great one um i we, we've made kind of loose references to my last race in seas where i made an attack on the zwift com with martin green i think if martin and i had been on discord and talking to each other we'd have kept craig and ben and lisa at bay because we'd have gone oh we might want to work together and see what happens here so um fun things could happen on discord it may enable panache maybe craig and lisa and ben were on discord talking to each other and saying we've got to chase steve because nothing would make us happier than beating him 200 meters from the line you get um interesting so- just on that point steve sorry um so as i as i was just coming up to the s's um i was just overtaking Ange Quap. Um, and had she been on Discord, um, I would have said, jump on my wheel. I'll give you a lead out for sprint because there, there was a massive gap in front, massive gap behind. I, I just coasted to the end. Um, had Ange been on Discord, I'd said, sit on my wheel. Let's go. Mm. So, yeah, get on Discord, chat to people. It's just fun, even if you're not riding with each other. Like the, when we did the stupid long ride week two, I think it was, um, a bunch of us weren't really riding together for the... Uh, two hours we were there but we just had a great chat so get on discord it's fun it's a nice place um we can talk nonsense there as well what else is coming up in the herd this week and there's something really exciting happening so i can't there, wait to there, there is it. actually the most exciting thing in the entire world um because we have a climbing series um we have the herd of mountain goats which will be on sunday um i'm gonna guess times i think it's 10 a.m 3 p.m 6 15 p.m 10 p.m and also 6 30 p.m on monday um herd of mountain goats is a 10-week series there are five different routes um and those five routes are road to sky so the alp um Innsbruck uci uh then top muir of the mountain which is titans grove twice and the epic com i think featuring no, it can't be Radio Tower. It's only 767 metres. Um, and Surrey Hill. So basically, you'll do those five routes, and then you'll do them again. Um, but that's on Sunday and Monday. Um, and this week on Monday, stroke very, very early Tuesday morning, um, is the Stampede, which is our individual time trial event. Um, that'll be five laps of the Two Bridges Loop in Watopia. Um, followed by Wednesday and very, very early on Thursday, um, we have Bullseye, which is our points race. So you will score points um, depending on your position in the category at the end of each lap, um, double points for the last lap. And there are 12 laps of Dutchy Estates in Yorkshire, which is a bit of a brute. But that is all to come next week. And that, then- that's probably actually one of my most favoritist most favoritist it's one of my favorite bullseye races it's an absolute brute though um becca it's a podcast you can't see our zoom call but look at becca's little face look how look how excited she is when you mentioned herd of mountain goats becca how how excited are you on a scale of one to 153 meters well this is what i've been waiting for this is 
what Zwift needs. I'm super happy about this. Although I think I'm ending up doing the 9 a.m. one on Sunday morning, so that's just completely ruining my Sunday. Uh, because Mark Kavaskill is attempting to go sub 40 on the Alp, and I kind of want to see how how long I can hang on to his wheel for. Please, please turn up at 10 o'clock and not nine. So sub 40 is insanely quick. Um, so to give you an idea, the guys who do the tour won't do much sub 40. Okay, they ride a bit further, a bit more fatigued. I think Pantani's record, something like 32 minutes. Um, that is just bonkers. Have, you, you have, I, I'm, I'm tempted to watch this to laugh at how far quickly people I was looking die. At, um, I was looking at Mark's PR earlier, Becker. I think it's what, 41.11 or something like that? He did 40.39 two weeks ago, but he didn't do it in an event because he was still a B on Zwift Power and wanted to stay racing in ZRL. <laughs> and I wouldn't let him race in ZRL. Nah. <laughs> um, so, genuine exciting things about. Um, Heard of mountain goats and some things that people asked about. So uh, that Sunday morning slot. So this is moving away from the um, uh, whatever the race up the Alp was called. It's gone completely. Um, that event, um, and it's a Alp new Dash. event in here. Alp Dash, thank you. Um, so some of our uh, Eastern friends, should we call them, uh, had said uh, in Eastern time zone, said, "Oh, it's it's already late for us." So we've got that 10 a.m. event for them, which is great. Um, and it's also quite cool for those of us who'd like to get up in the morning, do a bike ride, and then go and do other things. Um, and also, it sounds like there's quite there's a later one being added as well, James. Yeah, so um, people that um, have other plans on Sunday, family activities, that sort of thing, um, that there's also an opportunity to ride at 5.30 p.m. UTC on Monday. So uh, 6.30 if you're British, 7.30 if you're um, Central European, and God knows what time it is in America earlier it depends where you are in america sure indeed <laughs> north america being fairly large it would be uh uh 3 30 eastern i believe um trying to do maths got a 1 30 eastern what is it 6 30 uk so that's 18 30 so that yeah. would be 15 30 so it would be 3 30 eastern no what? no it wouldn't it'll be no, 1 30 okay, time go. difference to eastern time to england is five hours. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that bit. It's it's subtracting five from anything is the bit I'm really struggling with. <laughs> and then another three hours to the Pacific time zone. Um, Steve, Stephen Pritchard, great at video editing and production, not so good at subtracting five from eight. Yeah, I, I've got a degree in physics, James, and I'm terrible at maths. Um, so <laughs> there we go. It's a good job. It's a particle physics. So I only had to add thirds together, basically. Um, that's a really funny joke if you do particle physics. Um, so uh, other things, let's move on from that. Things that have annoyed us about Zwift this week. Uh, I'm going to start and go because I've actually got some things that made me really happy about Zwift. I did an in real lifetime trial and um, uh, a lorry nearly drove into me. Uh, the road surface was utterly horrendous in that I managed to trash a tubeless tyre riding over a pothole. It was so big, um, which is just, it, it gives you the size of the pothole. Like tubeless tyres are pretty indestructible, I found, uh, and that was bonkers. Uh, and I nearly rode into a hedge because I couldn't see because the sun, low sun was blinding me. These are three, th three things I have never experienced in Zwift, even with my tax Neo... Um, T2 with real feel turned on going around the Parisian cobbles 
I'm not used to my ass being shook as much as it was by crap British roads. Um, so yeah, yay Zwift uh, from me. Anyway, uh, let's go. Becca, what's annoyed you about the word for Zwift this week? Yeah, mine is fairly along the lines of yours, to be honest. Um, I've been trying to get out more right side, getting ready for crit season. Um, I find I can push myself a lot harder on Zwift than I can outside. So Zwift has somewhat led me to believe that I'm a bit better at racing and TTs than I actually am. So uh, probably because on Zwift, I push myself until I throw up, as people will know. And um, I'm a bit reluctant to do that by the side of the road, to be honest with you. So, yeah, Zwift. Do you find you're doing the same are. thing? So I, I, have, I made exactly this mistake with my TT that um, my first five minutes is ridiculously quick. Um, and then you don't sit in the draft and recover, do you? Because it's an outdoors event with TT and the wind. So that's... <laughs> Outdoors ruins everything. Oh, stupid outdoors. Uh, JB, not that JB, James Bailey, how about you? Um, I, I think my frustration this week has been of the amount of time that I've spent trying to fix the team standings for Herzog Racing League. So some of our regular listeners and um, regulars on um, heard um, Facebook racing group uh, will, will know there's been an issue with um the number of um results showing up for the team standings um <clears throat> i spent a lot of time working with swift to try and get this resolved part of the problem appears to be down to um the handover from um going from swift power moving on to swift um there was a innocuous setting that should have meant that the best 10 team results over a period of 12 weeks would count Apparently that broke everything and now I turned it off and everything's fine. So um, all fixed, but a bit annoying. And I spent probably about six, seven hours of my life working on it, which could have been avoided. I just, in things that should make you happy about Zwift, it's great that you've got those new events added in in Herd of Mountain Goats. But once again, I'm just going to curse why you would design a game where fundamentally I have to go somewhere else to get results that isn't in the game. And this is another episode that will be deleted if any of us ever become employed by Zwift or any of their <laughs> subsidiary companies. Craig, how about you? So I'm going to go back to the Zwift Racing League on Tuesday. Um, so we were in the... Uh, I, I raced with the Australians extremely early in my day. And uh, so as we went... At the end of the first lap, I realized I've I've been through three banners, four banners, and uh, I've I've gotten four uh, XP bonuses, and I haven't seen anybody else use a power up. Uh, yeah, power ups were turned off unexpectedly. So I, I mean, at, at least uh, it was off for the whole race for us, as opposed to apparently in some races ended up off for some racers and on for others, but uh, yeah, pretty fr a bit of a unwelcome surprise. Now for me, I'm, I think I'm pretty good at taking advantage of those compared to some people. So I, I think it was probably to my disadvantage, but I'd have no problem with it if it was turned, if I knew it was going to be turned off, but really it was a little, uh, unexpected and disappointing i think also on, on that point um 
I definitely feel for the um, C and D teams who were pacing themselves for a free lap race, only to find out, <laughs> actually, you know what, guys, you know, we told you it was going to be free laps. Here's a couple extra for a bonus. Wasn't even worse than that, that some of the riders had, some riders disappeared after three laps, as in like, from the game, because it just changed, and some people were still there doing five. And... I, th- I, think, uh, I think it depended on how late you signed up to the event. Um, I, I think there were some fixes put in place at a certain stage, um, but you had to sign up for the event a little bit later to take advantage of those fixes. So you get some people doing five laps and some doing three in the same race, in the same category. Oh dear, what a pity, never mind. I just... Oh... <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Your face sums up there, really. At what point um, do you discover I mean, there's I, something I wrong? I understand that everybody's trying. Um, WTRL do great work. Um, they're doing this on behalf of Zwift. So I don't know who's responsible for what or at what point the communication broke down because I'm pretty sure that's what happened. But it, it, it's pretty frustrating for all the racers. WTRL did a great job of digging in afterwards and creating three lap results for all those, uh, all those races. But yeah, quite a surprise for those guys that their race just didn't finish. I think um, also from like um, an event organization point of view, um, I think a lot of this depends on are these Zwift events or are these WTRL events? Because if they're Zwift events, then yeah, you know, the buck falls with them, but if they're WTRL events, then they are able to modify the number of laps. So, and knowing Martin, um, I'd be very surprised if he hadn't meticulously yeah. looked at this. Um, so if, if, if these are considered Zwift events, why aren't Zwift giving WTRL control of these events to set the routes? It, it, would, it makes sense because then, you know, it's less work for Zwift and there'd probably be a greater level of confidence that the um, events be set up properly. I mean, granted, um, from an event organisation point of view, you have no control over what the power-ups are, but you do have control over the route and the number of laps. I just think for me, it's the changing though, isn't it? Like, uh, ultimately, Craig, in your race, nobody having any power-ups doesn't, change the race result like i think uh, yeah it's annoying it might change your tactics people might race a bit differently but it's a level playing field but this is uh, it's this kind of like well some some people did three laps some people got power-ups that's just a mess isn't it it's if it's equally shite for everyone then (laughs) at least it's equally shite for everyone but oh there we go oh swift we love her and everything she stands for. I, I mean, it's. I, I think it's actually nice. For, it was a level playing field for once. It, I mean, if you consider like uh, the um, what was a race where we had the steamroller? Yeah. So, so basically, you had a massive advantage if you had a steamroller, and if you didn't have a steamroller, you were kind of screwed. Um, so, I, I, I kind of like the idea of it as a level playing field. We're going to get arguing about whether the steamroller, that was my thing that annoyed me was people moaning about the steamroller. Um, so, uh, yeah, well, yeah. Is it? I just, 
one day they'll get things right and then they can go and worry about rowing. Um, but we're not there yet, are we? Uh, thank you all, folks. That was wonderful as ever. Let's um, get off this call so I can edit this and put it on um, put it on the podcast. Thanks for your time. See you next week. Cheerio. See you later. Claire, if, if anything, are you drinking tonight? Well, I'm afraid I've let the team down because the only thing I'm drinking is, is Yorkshire tea, so... <laughs> Um, it, it is for daddy of all time. you have anything alcoholic so. after racing I don't really blame you to be honest I, th- so. I think you've also played 100% of the stereotype there Claire so good on you of uh, Actually, representing I, I, Yorkshire I, I, I'm just going to jump in there Mr Pritchard Yorkshire tea is the best tea in the entire world I mean it is the best tea in the entire world that is what stocks my cupboard so uh, I would as a son of Yorkshire woman I would be uh, shunned for not drinking Yorkshire tea James well, I'm not actually Yorkshire, but but the other half in the family is, is Yorkshire, so obviously you've got to keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you get good Staffordshire tea, so we'll stick with Yorkshire. So, uh, just for anyone perhaps who doesn't know, or perhaps who hasn't done ZRL, uh, who are you, Claire? Well, I'm the person that kind of, for some reason, is, is you know, has got roped into um, being the, you know, recruiting. All the, all the women riders for the um, for the ZRL. What started with just a little call out on on the herd Facebook page has taken on its own life and and you know and now sort of trying to coordinate you know a huge number of teams across across the ZRL. How did you get into racing on Swift in the first place then before ZRL? So I got onto Zwift in lot. Well, I think I'd, I think I'd been on Zwift before lockdown, but not any races. I was just doing a few workouts, trying to get back to fitness, and then obviously we went into lockdown, and just got a bit bored of doing all the you know just workouts on your own. Joined the not quite sure how, but joined the herd Facebook page. I'd obviously clicked on the Facebook link at somewhere at some point whilst going through Zwift Companion, and I remember. For, you know, ages. I was just watching this Facebook page, seeing all this, all these reports of all these animal racing teams, and in this TTT, not having a clue what any what what any of it was. And then, and then I just remember James putting putting a post about the um, summer racing league, and thought, I'll tell you what, I'll give that give that a go. So I started doing that. And a few weeks later, started doing the TTT as well. Training plan went out the window. And just started doing the races so and then it's just gone from there not having a clue about uh any of the ride reports seems to be 95 percent of the ride reports as I, I love in the herd how uh we don't let the truth get in the way of a good story i, yeah. I really enjoyed zoe's report today that I, it came up on my feed for for exactly that reason yeah, and I think that's where a lot of the reason if I'm down for a captain for a TT team, I'm like, oh, God, I'm not very good at storytelling. I'm very just factual. We got on a bike, we rode, we worked mm. together and we crossed the line. So I'm like, please don't give me a race report. <laughs> As someone who does storytelling, Claire, um, uh, the Quokkas will know I have entirely a formula, which is some nonsense um, about the world of Zwift. Uh, usually calling James Bailey a nice guy, taking the mick out of Ben Point and mentioning the ride time, and then I'm done. Um, so, yeah, yeah it's, it's just waffle. 
Claire, what do you think your sort of favourite moment of um, ladies racing over, let's say, the last sort of uh, nine to 12 months have been? Has there been um, any race or any series in particular that stands out to you? Um, I mean, obviously, the ZRL has been fun, but I know there was one race. I can't remember what it was. There, there was one race. I think it was like a fearless one. And, and I hadn't started this at all. Somebody had, I think, I think Dorothy had probably said, oh, the lemurs are going to put in a team for this women's fearless race. And then a couple of the others had said, oh, you know, we fancy doing it. And then, you know, and everyone jumped on and then we're like, okay, let's put in, let's put in some teams then. Um, and what was really good is that all, you know, a lot of the teams from across all the different time zones were in there. So I remember looking on the, on the Zwift Power list and there was like, about 50, 60 women's herd riders that you could see all in this race at the same time. And it, it was just it was just fantastic just to see so many people. You know, the teams did really well, but just to have that many people, you know, you know in, in the races, you know, and as, as we're doing it, you know, it was just like herd jerseys. I think, I think we might have been wearing the basic one at that point, but, you know, we could see all the, you know, all the herd riders. And it was just great just to see so many people just sort of riding together. Was, was that the series that our ladies actually won in the end? And that was the empowerment, wasn't it? The one that we won. I think it was something that yes. maybe came not long after that one. I mean, the empowerment one was, I think, the one that really kicked off the ladies, the, these teams coming together, I think, because I know what, you know, I remember, um, I think it was Lois putting a call out saying, oh, I'm doing this race. Anyone fancy doing it? And then loads of us were like, yeah, let's jump in that. And then I remember I remember some of them put on some like training sessions, to, you know, to try and encourage like the new racers, you know, you know, particular people that never raced before. I think I think two or three said, Oh, you know, let's put on a training session, let's teach them how to race, you know, that that going off fast and in the sprints, you know, let, let, let's sort of get them involved with that. So we did the empowerment. And then I think I think I think it was the Zwift Racing Lead season one. And then I think it was just at the end of that one where we did this fearless race. And it was like, like I said, it was just all the riders coming together from across the teams, you know, you, you know, and it was, it was just, just great to see, you know, another one that I'd been sort of, I'd not said I was organising it, but then somebody had said, oh, contact Claire, she'll, um, you know, she'll tell you all the riders' names. And I'm like, oh, well, well. <laughs> so, um, you know, just, just sort of falling into sort of helping to organise it all. I think from a, um, a personal side, I think what you've done has been absolutely fantastic. Um, and the amount of development on the ladies' side of herd racing has grown massively. And I, I think the vast majority of that is down to you. So from myself, a big thank you. Um, and I, I think I've also been massively encouraged by the development of our, our ladies as well. I mean, I, I think we, we genuinely have an outside chance of fielding a ladies A team um, for the next um, ZRL. I know Becca would be very, very excited about that. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think in, you know, in, you know, in my time zone, the European one, yeah, there, there's a chance that, that we will get one of the teams promoted. I, I don't think we'll all, we won't all be A's by that season you know, by the season comes around. But I think, you know, I think a lot of the team will be, you know, in the position of, well, let's just give it a go. 
you know, let 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 let's see how we get on. You know, we can race. You know, we'll race up and and see see how we get on. You know, and I know over over in um, I think it's America East. You know, that their problem is probably in a similar position with the with the um, the butterflies team that they're up. So I think they're winning their league, and again, good chance that they'll get promoted. And I can imagine some of them will give it a go as well. Fantastic. So Claire, and probably a question for you as well, Becca. Um, the herd to, to me seems quite welcoming to uh, female riders, and there's lots of like I'm I'm really jealous of the penguin. Uh, is it the penguin post that goes out, and just some of the cool stuff that you folks are doing? I've I've got some friends who cycle IRL, which is really confusing, um, and who who are female and have had some quite negative experiences of kind of people trying to prove they're faster and kind of like, like chauvinism basically. So, do you think there's something unique about the herd, or kind of how have you found Zwift different to uh, to things like that? I mean, I I think that for a lot of women, Zwift is probably quite a safe a safe place for them. That that sometimes, you know, they don't they don't really you know in, in sort of real life cycling that possibly they don't want to you know they they find it a bit hard to take that risk sometimes that you you, you know maybe they don't fit the you know the, the cyclist's profile that 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 you sort of see out there racing. So Zwift's probably a little bit more of a safer place. Um, obviously, yeah, the herd is super welcoming, you know, and, and I see it on other groups as well, you know. So I'm on like sort of women's Zwift race, uh, uh, women's Zwift pages, you know, and you know, and there's a lot, you know, there's loads of praise for the herd on cross there, you know, for you know all newbie sort of Zwifters. It's like I look at herd rides, you know, they're really welcoming, they look after you, you know, they've got sweeps if you need any help, shout out for the, you know, give the sheep, the, the, the sweeps a, a shout out, you know, and, you, you know, so you see, you see that on, particularly on the women's pages, you know, the herd, it does come with a really sort of friendly reputation, I find. Yeah, I'm on several ladies only Zwift sort of Facebook groups and when women are looking for inclusive rides, inclusive races, it is always the herd that's uh, yeah. recommended. And um, I mean, I found the herd super inclusive when I started, and it's partly the reason that I stuck around and raced with them for so long, because there are a lot of places for cycling that aren't anywhere near as welcoming as herd. And obviously, you can see from the numbers that you've managed to get for ZRL from season one all the way through to this one, how like everyone keeps coming back all the time. Like you know in a lot of cycling clubs there's people will leave and you know they'll find somewhere else or they'll move on to a different one but they stick with you don't they Claire with that <laughs> yeah yeah I mean a lot of them are, you know and they're bringing in the friends you know people they know they're saying oh come and try this with us or you know if they go and do the Thursday TT you, you know they're, they're sort of saying to the other women that, that happen to have entered those teams with them come and give you know come and give this this will go as well come and you know come and race with us you know so that so they're actually sort of encouraging them themselves as well you know it's not just me saying come and race you, you know that they're they're all actively saying come and race it's loads of fun we do meetups you know we have a chat we group chat we're always chatting away that you know we're really supportive you know just come and join us well my next question was going to be what are you going to say to people who haven't started racing yet who uh might not have thought about it or a bit apprehensive, but you've kind of answered that there. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, 
I think the main thing is, is, is for riders not to not to feel they're too slow. There's no such thing as being, you know, you know, not fast enough. You know, the, the main emphasis is we have fun. You know, we support each other, we have fun and we develop together. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice to, you know, come come, come the top top end of a race or be up there in a division. But the main thing is fun and fitness. So come 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 and have fun with, with the teams. You know, that's that's my main main point behind it. That you know they're all supportive, you know, we all have bad days, you know, but they're all there to pick you up and that happens and you know and and, they, and we come back and, and we like you said we do it every week. So I think that's uh, one of the most important things about our um, team time trial teams is, is that there's a team for everyone. Mm. Um, and yes, yeah, some of us might be slower than others, um, but there's there's somewhere for everyone to join in. And the teams are always extremely supportive because realistically, there's always a slowest and fastest in every group. It's about how that team supports that um, environment and makes sure everyone has a good time. Yeah, and I, I, I like that aspect. I like it that you can be one week, you can go in and you can be absolutely hanging on the back of a team thinking, oh God, you know, just drop me off, you go. And then the following week, like you say, you, you can be on the front of a team and and you can be the one that's supporting the others. So, you know, I, I do like that aspect that, that, you know, I think it just allows you to feel all the scenarios so you can understand how all the riders feel then. And it's something I'd, I think was really good for me about the herd was I think the majority of the team time trial teams are still no drop as well. So I, I remember doing my first time trial with Shifty Sharks and I was nowhere near fast enough and really struggling and people are dropping back and turning me back up to the group. And it was just a really inclusive and kind of, it made me want to come back next week and ride with these people and like actually be like, oh, maybe I won't get dropped this time or they, they won't have to help me as much. So uh, it's really inclusive. Um, Craig, you're also here. Um, if you've got any questions, you, you've been silent this whole time. Well, so I, I talk to Claire all the time with between the uh, the, the mixed and the women's uh, ZRL teams and coordinating and moving people back and forth and so on. So it's, uh, I, I think... Uh, Claire, you, you got, you've done a great job with the women and uh, I've definitely tried to take some of the things that you've done and, and apply them and uh, you know, try to move that back and forth. But uh, definitely, when, so when ZRL was first announced, it was kind of, you just started that uh, empowerment series and starting to get people into that. Because I remember having a conversation and I think, I think it might've been with, uh, with, with Becca that we were, we were really kind of... Uh, skeptical on how many women's teams we would be able to put together because at that point women weren't going to be allowed to ride with the men for season mm -hmm. one and uh, then all of a sudden that empowerment series and so many racers through it, it was you and lots of others were uh, just recruiting like crazy and getting all kinds of people to try it and they loved it and it was it's really turned into a success and I, I think it's turned the herd into what I think the biggest women's racing club. Yeah, I, did, I, did, I mean, I didn't know that, but but yeah, I, that that empowerment league, league, I think that was so important. It just came at that, like you say, that perfect time that it just gave that little short term focus. You know, I think it was five races. You know, and and I think the first race we had we had okay numbers, but we were like we were looking at the table and we were like, oh. 
you know, let's just get a few more numbers, you know, let's try and push up. And then that thing, like you said, you know, people were recruiting and we would pull in a few more. And then, like you say, we'd go to, you know, maybe in a race, someone else who's sort of racing saying, oh, why don't you come and join this race with us as well? Give it a go, you know. Um, and, and it just grew. And, and then, like I say, that that then led in, into the ZRL. You know, I think I think after the empowerment, it was a case of, well, we haven't got quite enough to, to feel complete teams across across the different zones. You know, we're, you know, we're from being ladies only. So we need to go and find some more, you know, if we want to do this. We need to go and find some more, and and that's that's where the recruitment came from, and you know, we, you, you know, and I think we, we put together about nine teams in that first ZRL, and then like I said, it's just it's just grown and grown, you know, and, and they just, you know, they just pass it on how much fun it is, how support it is, and it just keeps going from there, you know. So so it, it is, it's just great. In the first season of ZRL, there were four women bees in my time zone from the herd, and we joined with a secondary club to put together a team. Um, how many teams have you got in ZRL now? How many teams? Yeah. Uh, I was adding up early, it's like 25 teams <laughs> across the different time zones. And we've gone from, obviously, like you said, just, we had, you know, we had one, one bee team that that was two teams together, really, you know, that would scrape together. Um, and now we've got, I think, I think, you know, we've got six B teams across, across the different zones. So we've got three, three in the Europe zone, you know, two in the America East. And then we've got, we've got one over in the America West as well, which, which also was a fantastic achievement because that first series, we couldn't even put together a team in America West. And we've ended up having four four her teams over there and you, you know that that's also fantastic as well yeah I think it just shows how well you've managed to make everyone feel at home with racing because it's a lot I think it's a big step for a lot of women to do it and the fact that you've made them so comfortable that you've got that many women racing from the herd is fantastic yeah. and they, yeah that is that is genuinely bonkers isn't it so I, I remember we talk at the, at the end of the show normally about things that have annoyed us about the world of Zwift. And it's a, it's a bit of a sort of chanter and a bit of a moan, and we're generally quite lighthearted. But I remember at the time, we were genuinely quite upset with Zwift and the Zwift Racing League because we were all bees. We wanted to race with our friends. And Becca and Maria Lyme were two of those people who were very similar ability bees. We were like, oh, we can get a team together. This would be great. And then Zwift didn't allow that. So the fact that we've taken that kind of annoyance that we couldn't, race together and you've taken that and what was it 25 teams now it's just it's just insane it's just such an achievement so a uh, real credit to you folks and it's it's definitely something I look from the outside and I'm quite I'm quite envious of what you've created in the kind of sense of community and spirit and it's kind of one of those teams I want to go and race in which is kind of I think what might what and but I think that just kind of broad appeal to everyone must help get get you more riders really so that's really cool yeah, yeah i mean with that that is one of the things particularly in the last two series we've tried to to work on that bringing the teams together so i know, I know in, in series one particularly over in um i think it was america east um d division you know one of the teams really didn't enjoy it you know because they found themselves short of riders they couldn't field a full team you know and it wasn't until the end of the series 
you know, where, where I really became aware of that, you know. And then some of the other captains have said, well, you know, if you'd known, we had some riders sitting out that could have that could have come and ridden, you know. So we so we started over there saying, well, let's bring these teams more together. And that's where the Bobcats came from with all the, you know, the, um, what was it, blistering, blazing, bounding. So, you know, so there were more of a little community there and then they could help each other out. Um, so we started it there and and then we kind of copied that this series with the idea of the penguins, you know, because we did, you know, we had the cougars and we had the dolphins and they, and they were kind of seen as separate teams and we didn't want to do that. We, want, we wanted to try and bring them all together, to, you know, to celebrate every team's achievements, you know, and have this so that if riders were upgrading, it wasn't a shock to move a team. You know, they, they would knew some of the people that they were going to go and race with. You know, they would recognise them from the chats. You know, a bit more, a bit more of a community across all the teams. And I think it's worked. You know, it's worked well. We've had a few, you know, little, you, you know, upsets every now and again. But generally, it works really well. You know, and and the captains, they just, you know, across all the zones, you know, they just help each other out. If there's a question, you know, one of the other captains tends to answer it. So, you know, they just all work really well together. That's uh, been brilliant, Claire. And we'll, we'll ask you a couple of kind of quick questions now. So what and what we say to a, the, the other two people we've spoken to so far. So what would you say to someone who's heard of this thing called the, the herd in the first place and uh, has heard of racing in particular? But what would you say to them about someone who's thinking about racing, dipping their toe in? What would you say to encourage them or allay their fears they might have? I think, I'd just, like you say, I'd just point out that, you know, in the herd, we've got, you know, we've got riders from, you know, all range of abilities, you know, we, you know, we're very, so inclusive, you know, that there is no such thing as, as being too slow, you know, it's, you know, it's about that, you know, it's about having that fun, you know, improving together, supporting each other, and, you know, in racing within a team, it's, it's just so much more enjoyable because you can help each other out. You can pick each other up, but you know, when you're feeling a bit down, we support each other and, and we share, we share our tips, you know, you know, someone says, Oh, this is just what's happened in a race. You know, any ideas how I could race better next time. And, and, and we just help each other out that way, you know, cause we're all learning, you know, we all, we all have that race where something different's happened and you're like, all right, okay, I need to be, I need to know what to do with that next time. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's fun, it's painful, but it's fun, you know, and, you know, the, the community we have, the, the chats we have on, on, you know, we have lots of messenger chats and, and the busy people are just sharing, not just about racing, but just other things that are going on in, in life, you know, so, so it's a friendship as well. It's not just, just the race itself it's everything else that comes with it that awkward pause usually means that nobody else has got any questions Claire yeah so, well, uh, I've got, well I've got nothing else to say <laughs> I'm, I'm going to wrap up and, and I think that's been brilliant it's been great to chat to you and I think just um from all of us like just massive kudos to what you do in and getting such a strong community I know I, I said earlier I, I kind of look in and I'm envious that I can't come and ride in some of those teams and I think that's always a a sign of where you've created something cool is that just people want to come and ride in it so um great great to chat with you and, and thanks for joining us 
Yes, no problem. Thank you, Claire. And, and massive thank you for what you've done. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>